I have Dutch Mantel with me. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, a little bit about the Sports Kita Awards. You're, you're, you do work with Sports Kita. You're part of the panel. But uh, you debuted in the wrestling business in 1972, if I have this correct. So 50 years. Please. Please. Yeah, a long time. 50 years. I, you know, it's a milestone how, year. How, yeah, how old are you? I am 30. Okay, I have to think about this. I'm 36. I will be 37. Uh, well, way before you were born, I was doing miles and taking and taking bumps in this business. But when I tell guys when I tell guys that now they go, "What? When? <laughs> oh yeah." So, uh, so what are we talking about today? The the awards? Yeah. So you know, I mentioned uh, you know quite a resume that you have for yourself. Uh, mm -hmm. So when, when it comes to awards like this, you know, your opinion is held in high regard. What do you look like when you evaluate, uh, what do you look for when you evaluate talent? Like we, we just talked about a couple of the nominees, like let's go with wrestler of the year. What do you think makes, you know, who, who gets that award? Like, what do you look for that really thinks stands head and shoulders above the rest? Well, it's, it's drawing money for one thing, but I don't know. I think in WWE now it's drawing ratings. So that's what they got to do. And if I see a guy sight unseen and he goes in the ring, people kind of respond to him right off the bat without him really having done anything. Well, he has what I call chemistry and you can take and you can create more chemistry with him. Because he, he has it naturally. He has it uh, when he goes to the ring. So you can't, you can't manufacture it and you can't invent it. You can foster it and nurture it so it comes along. That's what I look like in a, in a, in a new performer because I've booked a lot of territories where the guy goes to the ring and he's a new guy. I always watch his first or second match just to see how the fans react to him. Because fans are the are the nature of the business. If you don't have the fans coming, buying merchandise, buying tickets, then you don't have a business. And that's why sometimes you'll see a guy, he'll show up and he'll have one match, then you don't see him. And you don't have to think long and hard, especially WWE. Vince didn't like him. He just he looks at him and you got about thirty seconds. For, them, for him to draw a conclusion about you. And a lot of careers have probably been made and destroyed within those 30 seconds. Hard to believe that's the way it works. Uh, hard, yeah, it, it's a very small window to, you know, make or break. Uh, you know, one of the guys that you get credited with playing an integral role in his career, The Undertaker, Obviously, wasn't the Undertaker back then, but you know, now he's going into the Hall of Fame. We're talking about current events right now. He's the first uh, 2022 Hall of Fame inductee in WWE. Did you? I mean, what did you see in him back then? Like, he didn't have the phenom, the gimmick. Like, he was, you know, a young wrestler. Like you're talking about, you got to watch his early work. So, what did you see in him? First of all, he's big. And he's, he's a great athlete. You, you can't teach athleticism. You can't teach it. The guy's either got it 
he doesn't have it. But I knew with Mark because he, he's, he wasn't really good on interviews. But yet there was something about him that, that I think was marketable. And Vince was the one that found it he, when, he, when he invented the, the Undertaker gimmick. And the, and the rumor has it that Vince invented that, that character in an image of himself. Because he can't die, he can't be hurt, you know, he's unfeeling, he has, you know, and and that's why I'll, I'll even before Undertaker lost his uh, his uh, WrestleMania run when he was twenty and oh, was it twenty and oh, and then he became twenty and one or twenty two? Uh, I don't know what it was. Twenty one. Okay, I didn't ever think he'd get beat because I didn't think Vince's. I don't think his ego would allow him to get beat, but he did. So, which yeah. showed me a thing or two about Vince. But he was a—he was actually a very good uh, uh, performer in the ring. He was quick. He was fast. Plus, he was a legitimate tough guy. So, and he didn't get in the dressing room and run his mouth and talk a lot. And. You know, sometimes keeping your mouth shut will help you more than anything else. So, but I brought him in and he did well. So, and then the rest is history. Yeah, that's uh, that's a really interesting perspective, you know, talking about how if he molded this character in his own image, having him seem vulnerable, you know, that's a really interesting thing to think about in that way. You've never heard that? I no, uh, really, no, well, especially kind of not, especially knowledge. not how you're saying how you know you wouldn't think he he would allow that guy to lose too. Well, we we were in WCW together, and he was I think mean Mark Callis, I think that's what he was, and he always, of course, you know, the uh, wrestler coming up back in those days, he had his sights set on one company, and that was WWE. And he went to WCW, but before he went there, he said, should I try to go to WWE? And I told him, I said, well, what it's worth, you can listen to me or not, I would go to WCW first. Because now you're going to have Vince get a good look at you because he'll be watching that TV. And he'll be looking out for future talent because he know he could, he could just reach in and snatch out whoever he wanted, basically. So let him get a look at you. Let him think about it for a while. And then let him let him call you. So we were in Atlanta one day. And we were going somewhere. And he said, I'm, I'm going to go talk to Vince. I said, where? He didn't go to Stanford. He went to Boca Raton, Florida. Vince's summer house, I guess. And he went down there to talk to him. And I said, oh, that's, a, that's already an encouraging sign already that mm-hmm. you're going there. And he went in and they talked today. And then next thing you know, he was there. As the Undertaker, I don't know what pay per view he he debuted on. Was it SummerSlam or Survivor Series nineteen ninety? But I think he might have done like a TV before that, or like a dark match. But Survivor Series was the TV debut. Okay, I can't remember, but I do remember on, on that pay per view. He, I think he wrestled Dusty. I remember. Mm-hmm. You remember that? 
Uh, I may be wrong. I think that was the other uh, team. Yeah, he was the captain. Hell, I can't. I can't remember last week. I don't know, but it was a single match, and I, I think it was. But he he won the match, and re- like I said, the rest is history. So we're talking about his early career. I kind of want to go back to the awards a little bit. The rookie of the year category. You have Braun Breaker, NXT champion, Tony D'Angelo from NXT. Hook, who's AEW, he's Taz's son. Jade Cargill, the TBS champion, and NXT's Cora Jade. Which one one of those would you say is your rookie of the year and what stands out most about them? Okay, you got Breaker, and you got Hook, and you got Cargill. What's the other two? Tony D'Angelo and Cora Jade. Okay. I would have to go with – I'm going to go with Hook. He's got to look. Mm-hmm. Here's a kid that's never said one word on TV, has he? No. And he walks out and the people stand out. How old is he, about 18, 19? I think he might be 21. Okay, well, anyway, he's got that hair going. He looks like he don't give a crap. And so when he'll get hot is when he has some heels that have some heat on him, and they beat the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. That's when he'll get hot, because now, you know, I mean, you can beat some guys up to the cows come home. Nobody gives a crap. But if they care, if if they care about the guy that's getting beat up, all that heat would relate to the heels, and they'll have a hot letter run. Yeah, but I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick Hook as rookie of the year. I like it. I. I... I went with Jade Cargill, I think just because of the resume, the you know, how many wins she has and she's holding a title, but I'm not going to, you know, I think you put up a solid argument for Hook. He's got the intangibles and I think he's got a lot of potential. I mm-hmm. think people are going to get behind him in the long run. Take it back to what I said before, chemistry. He got the chemistry with the fans. I love the hair. Mm-hmm. And he he just looks at you like what? What? <laughs> <laughs> And he'd be a great heel. Like you, you want to slap him already. But and if 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 he affects you that way, he's got chemistry. Yeah. Or he does with me anyway. So, one other guy that uh, you had chemistry with, Cesaro. You worked with him in WWE. Yep. Uh, just found out that he left. Uh, where he ends up remains to be seen. Um, what'd you learn most about working with him? Two-part question. What did you learn most about working with him? And what intangible, like, what do you think he can help another promotion with most right now with his skill set? I don't know how old he is, but I think his tenure in WWE was more or less wasteful because he let a super talented guy that speaks five languages, is especially in Europe, I mean, he would be, you know, you, you couldn't put a worth on him in, in, in Europe. He speaks German, French. I think he speaks Dutch, Spanish, English, and maybe one more. Mm-hmm. So, and he's a great, great, probably the strongest guy in WWE. And I don't know why they never got behind him. See, now when he, go, when he went on TV in WWE, you automatically thought, and he was going to be the one getting beat because they, they did it to him way too much. 
way too much. And I think he kind of got hot when he was with me and Swagger because we brought him over and he got, he got heated up. And I thought that was the idea of putting him with me is to heat him up. But they didn't even let that set before they took him and gave him to Haman. And then he died again. See, I would have thought if they put him with me and Jack before we split, we'd have had a, me and Jack would have turned on him and got something out of it. We got zero out of it. So, and I can, I can voice my concerns as, as much as I want. They're not going to change your mind. Yeah. I mean, they could if they wanted to. They just didn't do it. So, I think it's time with us. I think we helped him more than he helped us. But when he got there, he was, those guys were over. When they go out on the floor, and I, I heard those fans firsthand every night, they were up. They were up with these guys. We were in uh, one of the dark matches at WrestleMania 30, and it was a four-team elimination match, which I kind of hate. But they, they worked it out. And the fans, you know, Jack and Cesaro, they, we were heels, but we were, the, we were getting more than the Usos were getting. The cheers. And uh, I forgot who went out first. And then it was, then it was down to three teams. And then Jack and Cesaro, they got. And then when we was walking up the ramp, I, I turned to Jack and Cesaro and I said, you hear that? They said, hear what? I said, exactly. You don't hear anything. You know why? And they went, why? I said, because we're out of the match. They wanted us to win it. Now we've sucked the air out of the building, and now they didn't care. And I think that both those guys learned something that day. Because if you take away hope, you don't have nothing. And I think when they yanked those guys out of that match at that point, yeah, people didn't give a crap who won then. Here's another little thing. We were against the Usos on Raw one Monday night, and this has never happened to me before. And it was scheduled for Jack and Cesaro to beat the Usos. And all of a sudden, another finish popped up. The Usos beat Jack. I forgot who they beat. I think they beat Jack. And I'm standing outside. I'm saying, what the hell happened? They said, ah. They changed the finish on us. I said, when? They said, in the middle of the match. I've never heard of that happen, ever. They changed the match, the finish, in the middle of the match. So I said, well, business, business, like you said, almost 50 years. Never heard that before. Yeah. But it happened. I said, well, damn, okay. I mean, I just worked there. They did, too. So they say... Change it, okay. We'll change it. Yeah, it, it, so we changed it. Surprise me. <laughs> well, I mean, normally you you say you talk about having a first or still being excited or surprised in the in your respective career is oh. a good thing, but that obviously wasn't. Yeah. But uh, well, it wasn't a bad. It wasn't a bad thing. I mean, it wasn't that important. But it just yeah, never it's, happened it's, before. It's, it's just never happened before. Yeah. Because uh, I, I'm sure if finishes have been changed, but because of an injury or because of something else, mm-hmm. 
but never just because me it's I don't like this. Change it. Cut the hoosels over. God damn it. Spot, spot <laughs> on impression. I, I, and I come back and there was Vince sitting over there and I went and he went. I don't know why he did that. He wasn't changed it. So but that was the first in my career. Well, I don't really know how to explain that or why, you know, talking about Cesaro, like why they never did. Maybe it goes back to what you said about seeing something in 30 seconds and making up their mind right yeah. there. But, but, but he had been there up to that point, four years. Then. Yeah. Maybe I mean, that. it seemed like he could make your mind up in four years what you want to do. Yeah. You always thought you ought to give him a 007 spy gimmick because he looked like a. Absolutely. And he may have played some of that spy music and let it, and he would have got over probably. Because his work speaks for itself. They I, they so, did a little bit for for a brief time. They had the, the video had like the little white circles come across the screen, but that didn't stay very long. But they, was, they just couldn't make their mind up on the guy. Now where he's gonna go now, I don't know. AEW maybe, but hey, AEW can only sign so many people. Mm-hmm. See, the ones they've already signed is now you don't hardly ever see them. And I guess he's just warehousing them for what? I don't know. So I don't know. Yeah. It's a crazy business. You can't figure it out. You can just sit back and say, well, I think this, that, the other. But you're, you're along with a million other people doing the same thing. And nobody is, nobody is really right. Hell, Vince don't even know what he's going to do. See, I've gone to buildings before, you know, Raw, and usually start about, I guess, 7.30, because you get two, like what they call dark matches in, and they save them for maybe some syndicated show they run, and it's, it's an off, off show anyway. Mm-hmm. And then when you, you get started, but I haven't gotten there, and you usually get all your instructions about, I don't know, 4 o'clock. So you got time to get ready and everything's planned out. I've seen them at four o'clock back in the writer's room, rewriting the whole show, the entire show. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at four o'clock and all of a sudden they've had seven days to get this show down. All of a sudden Vince gets a hair up his butt. He doesn't like it all of a sudden because they meet the night before and everything. I've heard this. Vince was fine last night. And I, they said he got him up at like three o'clock. All the writers come to his room. And you imagine writing, and all of a sudden you get a call. Oh, Vince wants to see everybody in the room right now. Why well, it's three o'clock? I don't care. You better get you better get up there. And they go up there, and he starts raising hell. Then he says, but then they don't get it straightened out. So nobody gets a good night of rest. Nobody. And then you're rewriting and. At four o'clock the next day. Yeah. So go figure. And you wonder why it's messed up sometimes. I mean, <laughs> bringing bringing things uh, to a close here. It it's something that you get to talk about every week. Uh, Sports Kita, you do Smack Talk. Yep. You can catch Dutch Friday nights. Uh, usually Rick's on. Sid has a mm-hmm. rotating team of people. Uh, anywhere else people can catch you if they want to do uh, see what you're up to now? 
No. No. I just don't do nothing. <laughs> I just I just sit around and read the news and talk about Ukraine and all the wars that are going on. So yeah, you can find me on uh, on Facebook. I've been trying to get this damn I had I've had a website that I've had for like four years. Mm-hmm. Still can't get it to work right. I wish somebody would just call me and say, let me handle your website. So I mean, I don't think the moon landing was as hard as trying to get this website up. God. So he gets up and I was like, click, bang, it's gone again. I'm, I'm and after sorry. a while, I just kind of, I just kind of give up on it. I don't care. I'm sorry to hear you're having so, so much trouble with that, but, uh, but it's Dutch, it's Dutch man's hell on Facebook and it's uh, dirty D Mantel on Twitter. And catch you every and, week. And I'm having and I'm having a hard time getting verified. I don't know. I think Twitter was clamped down on their verification for some reason. I don't think they check it. I think it's automated. It it's hit or miss. So you're not the only one. So I just quit messing with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna get me a new handle and because Dirty Dust Mantel doesn't work anymore. Hell, that was copyrighted like 20 years ago. Somebody stole it from me. Now, since they stole it, now I can't get it. Even if I have grandfather rights to it. No, can't do it. Yeah. So it's, it's a mess. I don't, I don't even worry about it anymore. Mm. So hopefully, hopefully uh, let's, get to the, let's get to these awards so I can tell you why I voted the way I did. Hopefully your tech issues uh, get worked out, but... I'll work myself into a, a cheap plug here. The sports key to wrestling awards are up and running sports slash wrestling dash awards. Uh, let's see. I went through rookie. Um, all right. We did. Uh, let's do male wrestler of the year to close things. Mm-hmm. out. I think that the male wrestler, I think I'm gonna go with Roman. And not because he's so better than anybody else, it's because they stayed with the story. Mm-hmm. They stayed with Roman's story for two years. That is a that's a massive amount of time for WWE to stay with the story. Yeah. But you but you know his story. He doesn't drop the belt <clears throat> every other week or work some wild work some wild finish because he's been the champion for over two years, right? Almost. Uh, closing in on it. It's 550 okay. days, Something, I think now. Yeah. Something. Oh, it's up. But there. I think you gotta give you, you gotta give him male wrestler of the year. Yeah. And somebody can say, well Brian Danielson just because of his work. Yeah, he's a great he's a great technician in, in that ring. But nothing takes the place of story. Hulk Hogan didn't know a damn arm lock from a wristwatch. It, but the people, he just sold tickets. That's all he did. And that's how he got over. And if you really think about how Hulk got over, you never saw him wrestle on TV. Hardly ever did you see him on TV. You see him on a pay-per-view and see him on, on a special. But you didn't see him like guys now. Like you see Roman every week. You see mm-hmm. Brian. Well, I don't know if you see Brian Anderson every week. 
But you see Roman every week. So just to think that he has maintained him being over for two years with, with him being on free TV every week, it's hard to conceive mm-hmm. and hard to believe, but, but he's, he's done it. Uh, and the girl, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of a tie. I think I'm going to have to go with uh, Becky Lynch, I think. Because when she came back, she was like a people liked her. Then she turned heel. And, and she's, she's having problems with being a heel because the people don't want her there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how long WWE will go with that. Because they've gone against the grain before. They've been going against the grain with Roman Reigns forever since he's been there. Mm-hmm. But now I think they got him in a spot. So I think I surprised Sid and Rick one time, and I said, you know what's wrong with SmackDown? And you will have to agree with this. They have no bench. Mm-hmm. They have no go-to guy. If, if something happened to Roman, what would they do? They don't know. No. And you don't know, and I don't know. But they put so much equity into Roman Reigns that the closest one to him is Drew McIntyre, but he doesn't have anything like like Roman has. Yeah, yeah. For everything it for everything it did for him, he's getting the accolades. You know, five hundred day, plus day title reign. We're talking about wrestler of the year. The flip side of it is who can kind of carry the ball in his yeah. place if needed. So. Well, it's like you got a starting quarterback. When that quarterback goes down, team goes down. Mm-hmm. You've seen that a hundred times. Yeah. At I that. mean, if that quarterback is not there running that team and, you know, and the quarterback in football, he's, he's, he's the game manager. He has to manage the game, watch the clock. He's a coach on the field. And if he goes down and you put another guy in there, he did. All of a sudden, he goes in in the middle of the game, and he's lost. Yeah, uh, he he may bring them back, he, but most likely, most likely that they'll lose that game or not do as well as they could with the with the starter. In. So that's my view on it. Yeah, I I think you know those points highlight how valuable he is to the show. Sportskeeda.com wrestling awards. Check out Dutch Smack Talk every week. Go and vote. Thanks for your time today. I, I enjoyed getting a chance to catch up with you, uh, talk some current events, and relive the past year. Uh, have a good afternoon. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Talk to you later.